And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. Today is the Newcastle preview show. Just before we get stuck into that, I wanted to wrap up Wednesday night with uh, a bit of a final thought. With no away goals in the Champions League these days, 1-0 isn't an awful result, you know. I know it feels shit because of how it happened. I know 0-0 would definitely have been better, but honestly, you've got to feel confident we're going to beat them by more than two at home. The betting markets, they've still got us at nearly a 70% chance to progress. And let's be honest, if we can't beat them by two at home when we need to, then what chance have we got in this competition? If we want to go deep, these are the sort of things that you have to overcome. And I'm really confident still that we're going to go through. All right, enough of that and on to the task in hand. And it's Newcastle at home tomorrow night. Um, if you're watching in black and white, you might actually think it's Porto with all the rolling around and time wasting they're going to do. But I can assure you, it's definitely Geordie Arabia that we're playing. This fixture's had some extra spice on it for the last few years. Um, I'm not really sure why, to be quite honest with you. I don't know if it's because of our defeat up there uh, when we collapsed a couple of years back. I don't know if it's because they've joined the ranks of the financially doped trying to end football as we know it and turn it into a game of richest shake wins. I don't know if it's because of how they behaved at ours last season in that nil-nil with all the time-wasting and the rolling around. That was the game, I think, where where it really kind of come to the fore for everybody, not just for us, um, about the time-wasting in the game and how something had to be done about it. But I know it definitely started way before we were robbed at St. James's Park earlier on this season with a goal where the ball was out, the guy was offside, and it was a foul on Gabriel. Um, and of course, Bruno Guimaraes, who should have been sent off for elbowing Jorginho in the head, and Joe Linton, who made about 14 fouls worthy of a book in that game. But it started before that. Um, I don't really care too much about Newcastle, or I didn't. I now cannot stand them because of the Geordie Arabia thing. Um, financial doping is a problem. It's been a scourge on the game really since Roman Abramovich started it all in 2004. It's just, it, it just destroys the game basically. But whatever it is, this is a game under the lights, should give the crowd a bit of an edge. Hopefully it will lift the players after Wednesday. Um, I don't think the players are actually going to need lifting all that much. This group just isn't the sort that that needs that. I know they do feed off of the crowd and we are an emotional bunch basically. Um, but I think the determination to right wrongs has been obvious in this team for the last two years. So I don't I don't think they're gonna be they're gonna be downtrodden or anything like that. But a night game under the lights at the Emirates against opposition we really don't like should definitely, definitely pump up the atmosphere a bit. So we come into this game off the back of five straight league wins. We've got to make it six because as it stands, we are five points behind Liverpool. We do have a game in hand and this is it. We simply have to cut the lead to two points. We cannot allow this lead to get more than a game. Um, that Christmas period we had was so bad, it stuck us behind the eight ball. And I think all these games are crucial, but the home games especially, we absolutely have to win these games. For the team news, 
Vieira was on the bench in Portugal, so fully expect him to be in the squad again. Partey's been training with the team. He could be close. Gabriel Jesus is close. Zinchenko is definitely out. And Tomiyasu and Timber are definitely out. Arteta actually touched on the injuries a little bit at his press conference today. Um, he was asked about Partey, and he said, let's see, we have another session today. Obviously, he's been out for many, many months now, and we need to really nail the timing when he has enough in the tank to compete. But I think he's very close. That's definitely uh, a positive. It seems like maybe he will be on the bench. I don't think he's going to get thrown straight into the starting lineup, but it's definitely a positive to hear at least somebody coming back. Um, with the other injured players, he said... It's the same with Gabby as well. He's done a few things. Alex is not far at all. And Tommy Asu still has a little bit more to do. He also touched a little bit on Jurian Timber, who is obviously the long-term absentee. Um, he said, I really hope so. He's uh, When asked if he was going to... When asked on Jurian Timber, the long-term absentee, if he was going to play again this season, he said, I really hope so. He's doing really well. He's been around some players on the pitch and we're going to start to do some bits with us over the next week or so. Then we need to see how that evolves, his confidence levels, his fitness levels, and hopefully then the answer is yes. The confidence levels is interesting because if you remember when Hector Bellerin was coming back off of his long-term injury, he actually did a series for Arsenal.com where they tracked his recovery. And he said that one of the biggest bits for him was actually mental. It was getting back in amongst the game and that first tackle and really trust in your body and I think we underestimate that sometimes as fans of how much faith these guys have to have in their body to be able to twist to be able to turn to be able to go at full strength to be able to go into these tackles if psychologically you're not there you can't play and I think everyone thinking Timber's going to be rushing back this week next week and stuff it's not just physical, there's a mental aspect to this too. And that's the reason why basically that's not going to happen. It's going to be a long-term thing with Timber. If we see him this season, I think it's going to be a substitute appearances. I don't think you're going to be seeing him thrown into high-pressure situations. I don't think he's going to be thrown into big games from the start. It really is just a case of Timber of getting him ready to start next season, not this season. Newcastle had some injury news as well this week. Um, Isaac and Willock are coming back. I think Isaac is going to start. Um, Willock will likely be on the bench. Uh, those two are actually two of the most palatable players. Um, of course, they've got the immensely dislikable bunch. Kieran Trippier, Dan Byrne, Miggy Almiron, Anthony Gordon, and then King Cunt himself, Bruno Guimaraes, will be throwing his elbows all over the pitch. Um, all told for Newcastle, I think it's been a bit of a disappointing season. They've slipped back to what's probably their true position, really, for this squad um, of eighth. They hit a hot streak last season, obviously, and ended up somehow finishing fourth. I think this is a true reflection of who they are. They've still got a long way to go. Obviously, they've got the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia throwing public money at them. But for right now, this squad, this is pretty much what they are. There's been a lot of debate amongst their own fans about the future of Behedi Howe be lovely wouldn't it to hammer a nail in that coffin I cannot stand Beheady Howe I, I the media love him I assume because he's young and English but he I think he's just an awful human being he's a he, he's prefer his press conferences are vomit inducing I, I cannot stand him so hopefully a big win tomorrow night will heap the pressure on him 
So back to us and what I think the lineup will be. Honestly, if it was me, I'd just run the same team back out again. I know we've had the same team three games running, but I'm not a big believer in rotation. Until Wednesday, we've been playing one game a week since New Year. The idea that these ultra-fit athletes in their early 20s are somehow fatigued by playing a game of football a week, um, I find baffling. I, I don't see where that comes from. Um, so if it was me with you know the fact that we really don't have anyone seriously coming back ready to start, I'd just roll the same team out again. Saying that, I wouldn't be surprised if he did make a change. Um, there only looks to be two real options. Um, the players to come in, it's just Emil Smith-Rowe or Jorginho. I, I don't see Reese Nelson starting. I don't see Eddie and Ketty starting. So I think it's just those two. And then I think there's only two players who could come out. Uh, one is Trossard and one is Kai Havertz. I think it's more likely if a change is made that it would be Trossard to drop out, Kai Havertz to go up top. And whether it's Jorginho or Emil Smith-Rowe, they would then slot into that left eight role. I personally wouldn't go for Jorginho in this. If you were going to make a change, I think Emil Smith-Rowe would be the better spot just because of the type of game it's going to be. Um, but they are the only changes that I could that I could really see happening. I'm hopeful that Partey and Jesus might make the bench. Um, I do expect it where Partey is concerned, but I'm not so confident on Jesus. It's also worth remembering we have nine days after this before we play Sheffield United away. So I think that it's more likely we are on the side of caution with Jesus and maybe him and Zinchenko can come back in for that one. Um, it will be obviously a full week of training in between then as well. So it's possible that maybe if they are back, they can actually come straight into the team, having had a full week to prepare. Um, I know Arteta likes to introduce them slowly and likes to come from the bench. And it's understandable with players with that sort of injury record. But just having that full week of training, I think, gives you the gives you the option or the possibility of them coming into the starting eleven. All that said, whatever team we run out Saturday night, I'm pretty confident we're going to get it done. We're going to get the win. Um, and of course, we've got to, and then we could move forward and, and take it from there. Okay, so on to the Who Am I game. Hopefully, you guys had a look at it on Twitter or Instagram, had a little guess. Thank you to Terry D. Lyons at Terry D. Lyons on Twitter, who guessed correctly. And uh, so this player played for both Arsenal and Newcastle, and he's career path is as follows started at Crystal Palace moved to Arsenal and played 314 league games left for Newcastle where he appeared 20 times and then went on to play for Queen's Park Rangers Coventry Everton Brentford and Watford the answer is of course Gunners legend Kenny Santum um, Kenny spent six years at Highbury after one of the weirdest transfers in football history so in the summer of 1980, Arsenal signed Clive Allen from QPR for £1.25 million. A huge sum at the time. He was one of the brightest and most sought-after prospects in British football. He was off the back of a 28-goal season with QPR. And then just three weeks later, with nothing in the way of explanation, Arsenal turned around and swapped Clive Allen straight up for Kenny Sansom. Uh, Clive Allen never played a game for Arsenal. Well, he never played a competitive game. He did play in three friendlies. Um, but yeah, just turned around and, and swapped him for swapped him for Kenny. I um I actually miss seeing Kenny Sansom play for the Arsenal. He left in the summer of '88, 
and my granddad started taking me to games at the start of the 88-89 season. I did see him play a few times. Um, actually, his first game back is, is one that I'm never going to forget. It was April 15th, 1989. Uh, he was back playing for Newcastle, and we won one nil, and Brian Marwood scored. It was a huge win because, obviously, we were in the middle of a title race with Liverpool that went down to the wire. But that's not why it's so memorable. It's memorable because it was the day of the Hillsborough disaster. Back then, the FA Cup semi-final kicked off at the same time as the league games. Um, so it was a 3 p.m. Saturday kickoff. And uh, the first we heard about it, because obviously there were no mobile phones then, no one checking in on other games. At half-time, the stadium announcer announced that the game had been called off because of an incident in the crowd. And back then, you're thinking, is it crowd trouble? Is it violence? And we really didn't know anything about it. So second half, you know, we watch the game, we get home. And when me and my granddad get back in, my nan said to us, um, something happened at the Liverpool Forest game and some supporters have died. And we were like, what? So we turned the news on and throughout that night, the numbers just kept going up and up and up. And it was just crazy watching that. And at the time you could it was obviously such a sad and tragic day but you couldn't really imagine the effect it was going to have on English football as a whole like it was the catalyst for the Premier League that we we know now it was the Taylor report it was the all-seater stadiums and it also changed the way football fans were treated football fans were treated horrendously back then I mean we were herded into crumbling stadiums with no infrastructure it's hard to imagine for anyone that goes to games now what it was like back then. It was a completely different world that you were going into. I mean, I used to, I was nine years old and I used to go with my granddad and we'd stand. The junior gunners was the West Stand lower at Highbury. So you had the seats up behind you and we, we stood down below. And that, that first season, we basically stood there every week. Went on the North Bank a couple of times, but mainly I was down in the West Stand lower. Um, and it was it's just a different world to what it's like now. You wouldn't even... You wouldn't even think about it. It's it's so different now. Um, yeah, so that's a day that's always burned in my memory, and I'll, I'll always remember that for for that reason. It was just a, an incredibly incredibly sad day. Okay, uh, that's your lot for today. Sorry for ending on such a somber note. My memory just kind of ran away <laughs> ran away with me there. Um, but enjoy your weekend, and I'll be back with you post game to run through what happened and give you my player ratings and and all that jazz. So. I will talk to you then. Goodbye.